Hello, world, and welcome to episode two of the Figure It Out Guy podcast. This one is going to be titled, To Reopen or Not to Reopen? That is the question. I hope you like what I did there. Uh, I want to warn you, this episode may get a little bit political. I typically try to steer away from that as much as possible, but considering everything going on in the news and just all around the world right now, uh, especially affecting folks who live in Texas like myself, I figured I would go ahead and talk about whether or not states should be reopening. Now, there's no way to dive into this without having to mention at least some politics, obviously. However, I am going to do my best to not be biased one way or the other and um, try and represent more than just one angle. So basically what I'd like to do is just take a look at what's reopening, what the actual facts are of the reopening. I'll primarily be focusing on Texas, using that as the example. However, I would be very interested to see what all of you think about the state's reopening, whether this is a good idea, a bad idea, you don't know. Um, I'll go ahead and go right out the gate and say that I have no idea if this is really a good or really a bad idea. It's hard to tell. No one's been through this before. Uh, you know, you have certain sides saying, why would you even bother with this? It's just going to cause another spike in cases and kill a lot more people. And then you have the other side saying that as long as we practice everything the CDC is saying, social distancing, this, that, and the other, that why can't we just partially reopen things and get people back to work? I'm kind of going to dive into both and see what we can figure out there. But I just thought this would be a cool one to try and look strictly at facts, see what's going out there. I'm not going to overload you with opinions and political comments and those sorts of things. But I do think it is a good thing to know what's going on and at least try and have an idea of how this is going to affect you and everybody around you, uh, as well as taking a look at all of the different viewpoints that are out there, um, at least as many as I can think of to get to, and hopefully make this somewhat entertaining because it's obviously a very dark subject that's kind of hard to bring light to and make it you know a little more lighthearted, but I will do my best. So with all of that being said, if you are very excited about this, please, to stop the coronavirus, don't forget to absolutely smash the like button that you see on your page right now, whether you're on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, wherever else I have this posted, please do that. It helps us out quite a bit. Uh, just wanted to hit you with that to, uh, you know, get things kicked off there. Got to do a little bit of, um, you know, self-promotion and, uh, you know, have no have no remorse about it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. As most of you hopefully now know, the coronavirus has spread pretty much all throughout the United States, affecting every single state and just about every county in every single state. Um, that being said, it's something that we've never truly dealt with before. Uh, one of the first things I'd like to just go ahead and throw out there as a fact is that this is not the 19th strand of coronavirus. There were not 19 strands before this one, and that's why they called it COVID-19. It is called COVID-19 because it was first discovered in 2019. So let's go ahead and get that out there now. So for anyone that's like, oh, Alex Jones says otherwise, that's why they named it COVID-19. That's not how that works. They're not like, oh, this is the 19th strand that the Democrats have made uh, to try and bring down Trump. So we're going to call this one 19. That's not at all factual. 
Um, this one is COVID-19 because it was discovered in 2019. Look at that. We're already learning. So uh, first, what I'd like to go ahead and talk about is right now, um, Governor Greg Abbott in Texas went out and um, made a big speech and update yesterday, letting the Texan folks know that he has his plan to slowly reopen the Texas economy. And starting this Thursday, um, the home issued order, the stay at home order, if you will, is going to expire and he is not planning on extending that out. So basically starting Friday, May 1st of 2020, you in Texas can reopen um, movie theaters, malls, and restaurants primarily. Uh, bars, gyms, those sorts of things are planned to be opened later on in the month. I believe it was May 18th. Uh, but basically he has a few limitations on that where he wants you to only um, go at 25% occupancy at most and you have to follow social distancing guidelines. And um, I, I'm very confused about this one. So basically he's allowed for a lot of businesses to reopen to in effect, hopefully bring more money back into the economy, get people back to work, those sorts of things. But what I kind of am concerned about here and what some actual business owners have said is that it's too soon to reopen, whether that be because they're afraid of the virus coming back or because their business legitimately will not function any better at 25% occupancy. They'll actually end up having more costs and liabilities as opposed to assets and profit. Um, I mean, if you think about it, think about a restaurant that has to turn all their lights back on, get all the grills back going, they have all the utility bills, and then they have to pay for staff to come back in where, let's say they were doing even pickup and delivery now, now they're going to have to hire more staff and bring them back in to wait tables, clean tables, um, keep the shops clean, all that sort of stuff, and they're going to need more hands on deck to do that. Now, if they reopen, in theory, that's great. People are going to be coming in. Uh, and like you're gonna have the workers back more people will have jobs in theory but are more people going to go to that restaurant physically and go inside and sit down and end up paying enough money to where the restaurant can actually make money off having those people back now if you're a small business owner pretty much every decision you make is life or death for your business um, you know if you decide hey I'm gonna reopen at 25% occupancy and then I can have a quarter of the people I normally would in here and you crunch numbers and you're like, okay, well, if everybody orders this, 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 and this, we can pay to have, you know, Shelly and Bob come back and wait tables. And then we can have, uh, you know, Mike come back and, you know, bust the tables, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but also not only that, let's say you could figure that out and they're like, okay, I can make a little bit of profit still if I can do that. That's going to be totally dependent on people still coming in to the actual restaurant. Now, if nothing changes and nobody decides to show up because of fear and nobody comes into the restaurant or into the movie theater or anything like that, and you're not having enough traffic coming in there to generate profit, you're still going to have to pay for having those extra workers there and those utilities on and everything else that comes into play. So I don't know. This is an experiment. I guess we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping just like everybody else that this doesn't lead to another spike in cases. It's hard to see how it wouldn't. Um, really the only thing I could think of is that 
people just aren't going to go out, you know, the businesses can reopen, but everyone's going to stick to delivery, pick up that, that stuff and, and not actually go into places. I have no idea. Um, but it turns out that retail shopping for clothes and things like that, some people think is much more important than the safety of everybody around them. Um, also, one thing that I'm very skeptical of is how are you going to actually implement CDC restricted um, like quarantine and social distancing? And how are you going to do that in a restaurant? I mean, you have a server who, even if they have gloves, I mean, they're not going to wear a hazmat suit. Short of a full hazmat suit, it's still very easy, easy for someone to transmit things around, germs, whatever. Even if you're wearing gloves and a cloth mask, it's still very possible for things to get in that mask or go out of that mask. Now, it helps reduce it, but it's not like 100% guaranteed. So what happens when you have these people in a restaurant trying to serve people? How? I mean, I guess they're going to have to get right up on them just as a waiter normally does or a waitress, and they're going to have to give you the food. I mean, they're not going to – although there are some really funny videos out there of people just throwing dishes at empty tables and glasses breaking everywhere. That's always funny. Uh, but I don't know how that's going to be pulled off in retrospect. I, I have no idea how they're going to pull that off. Um, I don't think it's possible. Uh, people make mistakes. You know, the chef gets a, an itchy nose for whatever reason, goes like this, pulls down his mask a little bit, breathes on something. Like, who knows? It's anything is possible, but I get it. Don't want to be, you know, too much of a doomsday person there. And why not try it? Okay. At the end of the day, I think a lot of it will come down to, um, each individual's choice as to whether they want to go into a restaurant or not or a movie theater or whatever it may be. Now, the workers, another big, big thing that a lot of people are not thinking about here is if you are a worker and you are told you either have to come in and wait tables or you do not have a job and you go in and you get coronavirus and you get sick or God forbid you go home with it and you, one of your kids gets sick or a grandparent or a relative or somebody and then they die from it. That is going to open a lot of liability for these companies to get sued. Now, I don't know how familiar everybody is with the law. I am not a trained lawyer. I'm not you know, a, a professional by any means. But I do know that if you are forced to go into work and you get sick because it's not safe enough in the working environment and you get sick with something and it gets everybody sick or somebody dies from it or anything like that, not only does that mean the employees have a viable suit there, but also customers that come in, if they get sick, I mean, think about food poisoning. If somebody accidentally gets food poisoning, they can sue you for that. Um, you know, anything is possible. So that's where I, I've, I've seen it mentioned maybe once in any news articles I've been through to watch out for lawsuits, because this is going to open up a whole new door for lawsuits. It just is the way that our laws are set up. And uh, kind of the way things work is that if that case were to happen, these companies could get sued and it could completely wreck the company. So a lot of the employers are thinking about that as well. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm hoping for the best, obviously. I want the economy to reopen. I want to go outside. I want to go to the parks. I want to go jump around, see people, get hammered at bars, all the good stuff. Everybody wants that. But it's just, is it wise to do? And that's where you got to juggle the People want their jobs back and other people don't want to get sick and it's 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 an impossible one to know, to be honest with you. Um, so that pretty much goes over what we're doing here in Texas. Basically, everything will be 
um, everything within the categories, for the most part, it's restaurants and movie theaters and malls. Um, those sorts of things can open with limited capacity. They have to follow like uh, social distancing rules and clean a lot and those sorts of things. We'll see how it goes, I guess. That starts Friday, so it'll be interesting to see if there's a spike four days from Friday of coronavirus cases, because as you should know by now, typically it takes, you can go asymptomatic, meaning that you do not show symptoms and you feel perfectly fine while you have coronavirus and can spread it for up to four days before you start to notice any sort of symptoms. Um, some people don't even have symptoms and they just walk around with it and you just spread it to people and you have no idea. So that's why this gets a little tricky and dangerous. Um, next, I'd like to go ahead and jump into, let me go ahead and open this bad boy up if I could see my damn computer. Okay, so let's show a little bit of data here. Cool. So. This is uh, just a, a Google News updated. Um, they, I believe they update this every 30 minutes, but it kind of goes off of the previous day's data, I believe is how they do that. So currently in the United States, there are 1,010,277 confirmed cases of coronavirus. We have gone over a million. Um, 113,000 of those, almost 114,000 of those have recovered, and there have been 56,664 deaths in the United States due to coronavirus. Let me repeat that. 56,634 deaths in the United States alone due to coronavirus. There's a lot of people that say, oh, the flu kills more than that annually. Well, this has been two months. And it started out with a lot of those same people saying that, thinking this was just a complete hoax, and it doesn't matter. But one thing I really wanted to point out here is it's basic human nature for people to not want to, to basically to, to be fearful of something they don't understand. So if you're not directly affected by coronavirus, if you're not sick from it, or somebody you know has gotten sick from it, a lot of people kind of think, uh, well, it's out there, but you know, it's... Why are we doing all this? It doesn't really matter. But I guarantee if you ask people in New York who work in hospitals or have had family members die or anything like that, they will tell you that they are very fearful of the coronavirus and that this is something we should really take seriously. So again, it's all about going from different viewpoints, different angles and trying to see how everybody sees things before you pass judgment. Um, these are just, this is data. This is factual data just showing you this so that you get an idea of kind of where we're at before we jump into Texas. So next, I would like to go ahead and jump into Texas. All right. So this is from um, the Texas Health and Human Services Department. This is government data directly from the government. This is not something that I just picked up somewhere. This is fresh data directly from the government. As you can see in the bottom right-hand corner, which you can't really see right now. Let me move out of the way real quick. Last updated, April 27th, 2020 at 1210 p.m. So just so we're all on the same page, got to show dates and stuff. So all the conspiracy theorists don't think that I'm out here showing fake data. Um, here's all the stats. Um, since this began, we've had a total of 290,517 tests for coronavirus completed. That is an extremely low number. Now, if you think about it, there's millions of people in Texas alone, millions upon millions of people in Texas alone, 
and we have been able to test 290,517. So a um, little low on the testing in there. Uh, we've had 663 people die in Texas alone from coronavirus and a total reported cases of 25,297. So for those of you that are just listening, the reason I'm obviously calling out all the data and everything that we're visually looking at on YouTube is I want you to know exactly what we're looking at and those sorts of things. Basically, it's just a, a map of Texas divided into all the counties and uh, kind of the case numbers in each county. Next thing I'd like to look at is the trends. So this is something that should really, really uh, catch your attention. So right now we're looking at the trends in Texas given, it's basically a chart that is given by the Texas Health and Human Services Department. What you can see here is that the line in this graph is going up, not down, it's not flattening, it's not you know going into reverse and going down, it is going up, 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 up. What the CDC recommended from the beginning is that nothing should reopen until this has started going down consistently. Now, there, I believe, was a drop in cases, new cases per day over the last two days. Over the last 48 hours, there's been a drop in cases, um, I believe. Now, this chart, you can kind of see it up here at the top um, where it has April 26th, cumulative fatalities were 648. April 27th, it was 663. And then in terms of cumulative cases, it was 24,631, followed by a today of 25,297. Now, this one is, is kind of hard because it's going to go, this is not going to flatten out. Let me make sure to point that out very, very clearly. This is cumulative cases. It's showing trends of totals. So it's, this isn't just new day statistics. So um, it's not going to just, basically it's not gonna just show a flattening. Even if, even if there was a drop in cases over the last two days, it's not gonna show that yet because it's still technically climbing the total number of cumulative cases. So please take that into consideration here. Um, Basically, what I'm saying is that there could be a drop in cases over the last 48 hours, and this line graph is not going to show that. It's only going to show the uptick in cases. So this is something that you really need to um, consider. So a month ago, in March 24th, there were 712 total cases in Texas. One month ago, and okay, a couple days now we are up to 25,297 as of yesterday. So obviously we've had a bit of a jump there. So this is why people who are on the stay home and don't reopen and we need to basically stick with what we're doing until things start to decline, until there's enough testing, until we're working on vaccine, whatever it may be. This is why they're saying that because this is just a number that's consistently going up. So it's one of those things you really need to take into consideration when you're looking at this. But this is something that I really wanted to point out here because this is all data directly from the Texas um, state government. So it's kind of hard to fight that unless you're one of those people who's like, oh man, the government's been lying to us the whole damn time. It's all fake news. Everything's fake, even the government. 
Uh, if you're one of those, then uh, this is obviously not going to make any difference to you. Uh, also, doing this from home, you will get to occasionally hear my dog whine outside the door because she's ready for a walk. But I haven't taken her yet, so she is going to be a little bit antsy. So if you get that in the background, you're welcome. Uh, please don't call PETA, all right? It's just my dog wants a walk, and uh, I'm trying to do this and help you guys out. Uh, so please, no Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of the angels right now. None of that. Let's just get through this. Uh, that's all we really need to do. So, long story short, looking at the data, it's, it's hard to say that opening now is a smart move, um, just based off what the CDC has said. Also, one of the big things that I wanted to take into consideration after pointing out the actual data to you, the trends, uh, what's being done, the facts, those sorts of things. The other thing I wanted to point out is... One of the worst things you can do right now is just take one news article's headline at face value. Um, there's constantly errors, there's constantly mistakes, and there's constantly bias in all of the news that you get. So please, one of the biggest things I'm seeing right now is somebody will see one headline that's like uh, Trump saving the nation. And then you know the, the CNN headline of that exact same story will be like, Trump is restricting everything and hates immigrants. So, and people just see the headlines and like, oh, I can't believe Trump did this or, oh, hell yeah, Trump did that or whatever it is. Please, for the love of God or whatever you believe in, look at more than one source. It's just like we're going back to grade school. We're going back to college. Whatever it is, you have to have multiple sources. You can't just look at one source and assume that it's all good. So that's why I showed a few different sources here, AE, the, or IE, I guess is the right way. I don't know why I'm doing that while I'm talking, but that's why we looked at data provided by Google and then compared that to data that was provided by uh, the actual Texas state government and a few different sources. Even if the numbers are off by a little bit, they're both still showing the exact same projections and trends. Um, so just keep that in mind. Uh, Here's, here's an example of kind of what I'm talking about with the news articles. So I know it's super easy to go onto social media. Somebody's clicked on an article and it says something like, um, you know, can't believe the Dems created this virus. That one is actually one of my favorites. Uh, there is no evidence whatsoever to support that this was a man-made virus nor was it Joe Biden in a lab. Although that would be really funny to see him in uh, full PPE and trying to be a scientist. Uh, there's no evidence to support that he created this virus to stop Trump, or I don't even know how that makes sense. But that is something that's been thrown out on Facebook several times by folks that I would not have thought would uh, post something like that. So. There's things like that that are absolutely fake and should just be laughed at at this point. Um, that being said, it doesn't mean you should jump on there and tell this person they're an idiot. This is also where people make a lot of mistakes and why we can't freaking talk to each other because everybody immediately jumps down somebody else's throat about whatever it is rather than being able to have a discussion about it. So here's an example of an article that was put up today that I wanted to show you that I think does a great job of describing what I'm talking about. So basically, Attorney General Barr in a, pressing, in a press release yesterday uh, 
harped on the gist being he wanted to keep an eye on um, the stay-at-home orders and make sure that nobody's abusing them or um, you know abusing your constitutional rights or anything like that. So he basically that was the gist is he's going to clamp down on this and make sure that there's no rights being abused or constitutional amendments or anything like that that's being thrown out the window due to what the states are doing. So that being said, I was interested to see what Fox News would say about this and compare that to what CNN had to say. So surprisingly, the headlines are very similar. It's not um, too far off from each other. There's really not anything too, like, biased in the headline itself. So Fox News says, Barr tells federal prosecutors to, quote, be on the lookout for overly restrictive coronavirus shutdown orders. This is written by Ron Blitzer of Fox News. However, where it starts to differ a bit is what the actual story reads like. They use some of the same quotes and deliver them in totally different ways. So, Fox News, if you watch the video version of this story, um, it shows pictures of, of Attorney General Barr where he is very stoic and he looks like he is patriotic and defending and you know looking out for Americans and powerful. Whereas uh, CNN's version of this shows pictures like this where now if you're watching, you see Attorney General Barr looking sad and looking down as if he doesn't know what's going on or he's sad. Um, it's very interesting. So these are subtle, these are what we call nuance. This is very subtle, um, subliminal if you will, except I'm obviously consciously noticing it, so who knows. Um, again, the headline not too far off here. Um, I don't care about John Grisham's book, man. I'm trying to read the headline here. The CNN headline is Attorney General William Barr tells prosecutors to be on watch for, quote, overbearing coronavirus measures. Uh, this is written by David Shortell of CNN. Uh, but it starts out with a picture of William Barr just looking like he does not know what's going on and he's very sad. So that sets the tone, right? So you've got Fox News basically making you look, and the first things you see are like powerful images, like Barr's got our back. And then you look at CNN where it's like, Barr's a sad little man who can't figure it out. So this is just small things, but it starts, and, and this is how you, the emotional part of this, this is where it starts. So as you read through this, uh, they use the exact same quote here where Barr said, quote, if a state or local ordinance crosses the line from an appropriate exercise of authority to stop the spread of COVID-19 into an overbearing infringement of constitutional and statutory protections, the Department of Justice may have an obligation to address that overreach in federal court. This was used in the exact same way, the exact same quote, word for word, in the Fox News article, which those of you on YouTube can see right here. Um, so this is where it gets interesting. If you read through these articles, and uh, oh, of course Tiger King made his way on here. Uh, if, you, if you read through the articles, the Fox News one kind of reads as Barr is fighting for Americans, he's patriotic, he's making sure the state governments don't uh, overstep their boundaries and infringe on your constitutional rights, uh, and then also throwing in some fear of like, the state governments might be out to get you and Barr's here to protect you. Now, what's really funny about that is Fox News, I think everybody, could, everybody would agree on this, is traditionally very conservative news. Um, <laughs> 
I should put some quotes over that news. Uh, but Fox News is typically very conservative, um, very, as you would say, to the right. And what's very interesting about this is they almost paint the picture of the federal government should have more power and the state government should have less. That's what's very interesting about this because generally speaking, the, the conservative standpoint is the exact opposite, where it's hands off federal government. You guys shouldn't be involved in any of our own personal decisions or our businesses or our state decisions or anything like that. But then it kind of jumps that way. Um, and then if you switch over to the CNN version, it's very interesting because this one reads a little bit differently. This one reads as um, focusing on more of like religious freedom and uh, just how Barr is doing all these things like deputizing folks to um, help keep, you know, keep everybody in line and how it seems like it might be a little bit of an overreach and an overextension. And it's just, they read differently. It's the same story. They just read entirely differently. You'll come away with two completely different takes this way. I know I'm kind of dragging on here a bit, but I really wanted to point this out because a lot of people, including myself, will see one headline and a lot of times not even click into the article to read it. But even if you do, that's it. You read that one and then you're pissed off or we're upset or you know, super excited or whatever it is about that one article, but you don't actually look into anything else. So please, if you want to figure out how to get through this without losing your damn mind, use multiple sources and just confirm the stuff that you're reading before you jump the gun and get down somebody's throat about whatever it may be. Um, let's see, I had a couple of notes here. So I think I covered the opening pretty well. Uh, a lot of what folks will see from both sides of, of the argument there. Um, let's see, was there anything else that I wanted to do here? Yes, sorry, there's one gigantic elephant in the room that I did not address yet, and that is the White House and our Commander-in-Chief, Donald J. Trump. Uh, I'll be very careful here. Um, I if I had to guess, I would assume a lot of the folks that listen to this probably are not super happy about Donald J. Trump being in the White House, but I would also assume there are a few folks that are very happy about Donald J. Trump being in the White House. So let me step lightly here. Um, facts. There has been a lot of mixed messaging from the White House to the state governments to the people. And... There's not really a better example of this other than um, the recent example, which is Donald J. Trump, our president and commander in chief, told the governments that they should abide by or told the state governments to abide by the CDC guidelines and the plan that he rolled out, meaning that we should not be reopening just yet. But before that, he also was... Um, complimenting the protests going on, saying things like liberate and you know, liberate Michigan and all these things that would lead you to believe that he wants things to reopen right away and that we're being infringed upon and that we really need to take back control of our state governments. And uh, it's just, it leads down a, a very interesting path there. But then following that with, here's my guidelines, don't reopen yet. And then 
the Atlanta governor reopened Georgia, or sorry, not the Atlanta governor, but he is in Atlanta. The Georgia governor reopened Georgia and a lot of parts of it, and then was immediately scolded by Donald Trump for doing such. Now, I'm confused by that. I imagine the governor of Georgia is very confused by that. The American people are probably confused by that. I don't really understand what we're supposed to do. If I was a governor, I'd be like, I don't know what you, what are we supposed to do here? I, I have no idea. Is it good? Is it bad? Uh, uh, oh, open? Real? Uh, no? No? Oh, oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's very tough to know what to do right now if you are a governor of a state. Um, this is one thing that has been heavily criticized about the White House and this administration is that the news has not been very straightforward. There's not a very straightforward plan. Things keep going back and forth and jumping around and contradicting each other. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to shed the, this in a good light. Um, there are a lot of supporters of our president that are very happy about the reopening, but not don't reopen. I, I don't, shit, I don't know how to do, um, they're very happy when he said liberate because America, but then they were not very happy with the don't open and, but they want to reopen. And I don't know, man, I'm confused. I don't know how I could support him right now either. It's, like, you're like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Liberate. Fight for our rights. Oh, he said don't do... Oh. Yeah, don't open. That's irresponsible. Damn Democrats. Um, <laughs> it's... I, I, don't, I don't... I'm not really sure how to spend that one. I'm sorry. Um, basically, at the very least, it's been confusing to follow along with what we're supposed to be doing um, in terms of directions given by the White House and this administration. It's been extremely difficult to know what is right and what is wrong and what we're supposed to do and what the plan is and do masks work do they not work should we be injecting disinfectants should i be mainlining lysol right now should i not should i be doing fake tans should i not should i cut open my skin and do fake tans should i not uh it's very confusing and i'm not really sure what that is now on the whole disinfecting thing let me point out that i'm sure a ton of um trump supporters would say that this was taken out of context. He's simply talking about trying to find a way to disinfect the body and that he wasn't literally meaning go home and snort Lysol. Uh, either way, might have been something that was a little premature to say out loud, but this is Donald Trump. He's both loved and hated for the fact that he has zero filter and just says whatever comes into his mind, whether it be right, wrong, whatever it is. Uh, that's been a big issue here. But the last thing that I want to leave you on is each other. So social media is, at this point, I think so much more of a hindrance and a problem for us rather than helping at all. Uh, if anything, Zoom maybe should have a halo around it because it's just meeting, so it's not as bad as Facebook and Instagram and Twitter where people are posting just nonsensical articles that they didn't read and... Oh man, it's it's gotten rough. Um, let me be very clear here that I am not a supporter of Donald Trump, but I'm also not a huge fan of Joe Biden, considering these are probably going to be the two that head off to be our next president. In my opinion, the being the president is almost an impossible job. Um, but one thing I always found very interesting about Donald Trump being in the White House, okay, first, he would be absolutely hilarious if this was like a tv show this would be 
a number one record breaking everything most views exactly what Donald Trump would like show. The problem is it's the president and it has real effects on the entire world. Uh, he is the most powerful person in the world. Some would argue maybe Putin is, but for argument's sake, Donald Trump is the most powerful person in the world. And he says things like injecting disinfectant into your body. Bit rough to, to work your way around that. I'm trying to spin it, Don, but I'm having kind of a hard time. Uh, basically, when you're on social media and you see one of those articles and it immediately pisses you off and you immediately want to like comment on it, like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're an idiot. This is all fake, 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 fake news. The Democrats did it. The liberals did it. The conservatives are all racist assholes. Whatever thought comes through your head, don't do it. Take a deep breath. Look maybe at the article, maybe try and find another source for whatever this person posted, and then see what you feel after that. If you're still upset about it, still just don't comment. This is what's so bad. There's, there's a saying in, in social media and pretty much on the internet as a whole, and it's don't feed the trolls. A troll, someone who just wants to entice emotions out of you and post things that may be completely nonsensical, unfactual and just ridiculous because they want to get a rise out of somebody and they want to get that comment feed just lighting up with people arguing about things. Uh, don't do this, okay? Everybody can see what you post there. So when I see articles from the Texas Facebook page, which has a gigantic following, and there's basically the, the, the guy decided to get a little political. Normally he's not too much, but he did a, a live stream when he was in, in Houston and uh, just talked about how wearing a mask or amending, you know, or we're infringing on our constitutional rights and fight for Texas and yeehaw and all that stuff. And then there were arguments in, in that chat where it was like somebody who had a name that wasn't John Smith, if you catch my vibe, posted something about how this wasn't infringing on constitutional rights and it's okay to have to wear a mask to save your fellow man, whatever. And then it got into, you're not from this country, but that person was born here. And it just got real slippery real quick. Okay. Don't do that. There's, there's, I know it's so much fun to jump in there and feel like you're right and you're fighting for something, but you're not, it's on social media. It's not doing anybody any good. Uh, just maybe talk to them. And if it's something that's as silly as the Democrats made this man-made virus and God's the only thing that will save us from this and there's no way that anything else will ever help. And this was all just a, a thing that Biden put together. and He created this virus on his own and spread it throughout China first and then brought it over to the States just to bring down Donald J. Trump because Donald J. Trump is our savior. That is just about as great as Alex Jones saying that, uh, what was it, the frogs in the, in the subways are what's making people gay or something along those lines or that school shootings are a hoax and all that. Like, come on now. If you see something like that, that's so ridiculous and so insane that it doesn't even register properly with your brain, I would say just ignore that one. Just ignore it. That's it. But what you don't want to do is delete these people necessarily from your lives because then you don't know how other people think. That's one thing that I have learned a lot about with social media is how people that I went to high school with or college or added on there or they used to be really close friends and not so much anymore, you get an idea of where their head is at now. And uh, that's kind of the best way if you're trying to improve something, you kind of need to know how everybody thinks, not just yourself or those in your band camp. So 
Just spread more love, people. That's all I'm saying. Every article and every Facebook post doesn't have to be commented on. And before you post the Facebook post, read what you're about to say. And the copy and paste thing, holy shit. Uh, I could go on a rant for hours on this. The whole copy and paste it from a friend and then it's just garbage, you know? Oh, it's so it's so rough. Even It's hard for me because I, I hit the comment button. I'm like, oh, I know how to defeat this so easily. And then I have to back up and be like, all right, this is stupid, a waste of my time. And where is this actually going to lead to? Literally nowhere. Uh, everything you post on social media can be found by employers, future employers, uh, family, friends, everything. It's not just you and that person, okay? So just remember these things and try to not freaking jump down each other's throat. Not every conservative who likes Donald J. Trump is a racist, redneck asshole who's an idiot and doesn't care about anybody but themselves. And not every person who's a Democrat or cared about Sanders or Biden is somebody that is weak and soft and not patriotic and a communist and uh, doesn't know what it's like to live a hard life, okay? That's not how that works. Try talking to each other. Try spreading a little bit more love. For God's sakes, please spread a little bit more factual information. That'd be great. After all, we are all in this. And I promise you, those of you who are like the coronavirus is a hoax, if it ever affects you, and I hope it doesn't, I hope you can sit there the whole time and say this thing's a hoax and never even got to anyone I knew. This was all bullshit. I hope that's what happens. Um, but if it does get to you, then I think you would understand why everybody is trying to do these things. And on the other side, if you still have a job and you were talking about how we shouldn't reopen anything and everything's great and let's say you have money and you're not worried about bills, you got to understand these people can't provide for their families. They have kids that can't eat, that they're trying to find food for them. They can't go out. They're trying to work. They can't go anywhere to work. They lost their jobs, falling behind in mortgages. They're going to lose their house. They're losing their cars. They're losing everything they have. Um, and they just want a way out of that and they want to work for it. So it's not like they just want a free ride. They want to work for it. So you got to understand that's why this is so difficult because it's not just us against them, them against us. It's everybody together needs to work together to try and figure this thing out. And we have to try things to figure it out. Now, do I think that reopening everything right now is great? No, I don't at all. But it, I'm very glad to see that at least Governor Abbott is doing it in, in small, he, he's forcing occupancies. He's forcing limited occupancies. He's trying to force social distancing, something. I mean, you gotta do something. Like all those people that are in the band camp of I have no money, my kids aren't eating, I'm losing my house, my job, everything. You know, the people that put all of their livelihood into a small restaurant business and now it's all gone. Those people are in desperate, desperate need of help. And getting them a $1,200 check once is not getting them out of that. So I understand why they want to just anything to help them out of that. Reopen something. Let me go try and find something. Give me hope. I get that. So guys, take everything in from all points of view if you can. Think about how we're all people in this trying to get through it together. And hopefully some of the information I passed along in here will help shed a little bit of light. So for those of you that were diehard one way or the other, hopefully this might bring you a little bit more towards the middle and trying to see things from other perspectives. So with all that being said, I hope you guys stay healthy. I hope everything stays great for you. And I hope we get out of this soon. And if you liked the video, if you like what I'm putting out there, please let me know in the comments below of things that what your opinion is, what you think should happen, what you think shouldn't happen, things I was right or wrong on, whatever it is, let me know what you think about it. And please 
If you don't mind, just absolutely smash that like button, just like Donald Trump is going to smash this virus with disinfectants. On that note, stay safe, stay healthy, love you all, and I will see you next week for episode three. And I'm out.